everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Slightly shorter episode this week because we just recorded last week. I don't know. We're just on our game this week, I guess. Speaking of games, Gab. <laughs> that was terrible. That's such a good that's such a good intro for us. Speaking of game, Gab, what are you not drinking? Yes, Gab, what are you not drinking considering it's Thursday afternoon? Or it's no, Thursday it's morning Thursday for you. 10, it's Thursday 10 a.m. in Portland. Um I am I've had coffee and uh some milk today already, but I I haven't had an adult beverage even though I'm on a staycation. I'm not at work this week, which I think is part of why we're able to record uh, at this off time. Uh, I'm I'm kind of being a nurse. Um, I'm being a caretaker this week, so um, not partying too hard. Just, uh, but yeah, yeah. That was way too much info there. I am not drinking. I am have had coffee and a lot of it, so I'm kind of jittery right now. But um, what are you What are you enjoying? I got this. <laughs> ninja blender that can do individual servings you're such a nerd (laughs) and now i'm obsessed with it and so i'm having a strawberry banana smoothie with some frozen berries thrown in just to make it nice and chilled did you do you put power greens in it yet no not yet i'm working my way up to that you need to put power greens in it. It will change your poop forever. I don't really want to change my poop. My poop is fine as it is. I eat a lot of fiber. I'm just saying, power greens, man, they they help. Are you talking about, like, kale? Yeah, like kale, spinach. Uh, they're, they're, like, you can go to the grocery store and, like, where they have bags of lettuce and stuff, you can get a bag of power greens. And what I do for my smoothies is I just take two handfuls of power greens, throw it in the blender with my almond milk and berries and banana and everything and blend it all up. And it's delicious. And man, your poop. Please never say power greens ever again. Because we talk about poop? No, because power greens is ridiculous. You can just say spinach or kale. Like, no, it's like a bag of like mixed mixed leafy greens it's not just like spinach and kale there are like three other things in that you can also say mixed leafy greens how is that any worse than power greens it says it literally says power greens on the okay maybe in portland portland power greens Ugh, that sounds like a a rec club name actually it might be it might be it might be an underground sex club what okay i don't know it's it's ten fifteen in the morning. <laughs> Underground sex club. That would be Portland Power Bottoms, not Portland Power Greens. Sorry. <laughs> That'd be Portland Power Tops. No. Uh, anyway, a power top is just don't, a. Don't no. Back to soccer. What is a power? Tell Tell me what a power top. I think is. a power top is just a top. Well, yeah, but you have to imagine. Like, then why is a power bottom a power bottom? Because it's a modifier of the bottom position, whereas the top implies power. Unless you modify that with something like service, like service top. Oh, okay. I don't... Interesting. Back to soccer. We should have this conversation for the first time later, not on the podcast. (laughs) No, I think everybody needs to be educated on these things. We should should start a completely separate podcast. (laughs) Uh, Like a... (laughs) A, a sex positive podcast? Sure, we could start one of those. Sex positive urban dictionary esque podcast. 
where we don't where we don't talk about um our own experiences but we talk about language and the power of language and people can call in with questions about their sex lives and exactly and we can avoid answering them (laughs) by talking about loso (laughs) we go off topic on the sex podcast by talking about soccer so people who listen to the sex podcast are really the soccer people. And then the people who listen to the soccer podcast are really the people interested in learning about the sex positive components. Yes. We will we will conquer podcasting worlds, you and I. So let's talk about NWSL first. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll make plans for our sex positive podcast, okay? Oh, sounds good to me. Okay. This past weekend, things settling down a little bit. It wasn't as crazy as opening weekend. We had some more predictable results, like Boston going down to Seattle three um, nothing. Well, oh, we're maybe five minutes in. You already brought that up. I'm just gonna get it over. I'm ripping the bandaid off. Okay. All right. Can I do that? Okay. Can I? Oh, yeah. You. You absolutely can. I just would like to note that when I try to rip the bandaid off, I get yelled at. Because it's not your band-aid to rip off. It's my my hurt, my band-aid. So I decide when the band-aid comes off. And now we're getting back to the sex positive stuff. No, no. Why are you bringing band-aids into that? <laughs> I kid, I kid. It's your, it's your band-aid. You get to rip it off. And you ripped it off right at the beginning. I didn't think Boston played all that bad. I don't think so either. I mean, in I some think- places, yes. But in some places, no. Right, like, there were moments of, there were, it was like Boston took, like, extra timeouts, and Seattle was just like, oh, really, you guys aren't going to play right now? Okay, we're going to. I do think part of it is Jess Fishlock getting injured at the bottom of the first half, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had to come out by the 41st minute, even though she was injured, like, in the 30-something, and... Oh, man, it was rough. You should have heard her on the field with the trainer. He was, like, you know, flexing the joint, testing it, and she was just, like, gritting her teeth getting through it. Really? Yeah. Has Um, there been any news about her? Not that I've seen. Just the last that I saw was she's getting an MRI, and then, you know, she's tweeting about coffee. Right. Yeah. I I wonder if no news is good news in this scenario. Yeah, maybe. We'll see that we'll see what the injury list is for this weekend. Yeah, you just have to kind of assume no news is good news. Yeah. I I hope she's okay because you know, it was already a crappy weekend for injuries with Carly Lloyd MCL that we'll get to in a minute, but yeah, the uh, Kim Little did us dirty. But for the top of the second half, I think while Seattle was still adjusting to like, okay, how are we playing in the middle without Fishlock, the Breakers really took advantage of that and and pressed really high and really hard. And I think they were kind of unlucky not to come away with the goal. But as we've seen all through preseason in the last game, and now this one, finishing has been a problem for them, despite having Kai Simon, Steph McCaffrey, Christy Mewis. Between the three of them, a goal should have, you know, farted out somewhere. And it didn't, and that's problematic. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's just like, I feel like there are slow starters in the NWSL. There are some teams that just take a little bit longer to get going. And and the Breakers are, are one of them, but the, the unfortunate part of that is we only have a 20-game season. So every result matters. And, and you dig a hole too deep at the beginning, and suddenly it's like, all right, well, you can – 
really pick it up in the second half of the season, but we just kind of have to look at pre-Olympics and post-Olympics, and there are a lot of matches pre-Olympics. Yeah. I mean, Matt Beard has said, give us until May to really click together, essentially. And if they haven't done it by then, I don't think they are really going to do it. So we'll we'll see a couple more games. They're playing Portland this weekend. They are playing Portland this weekend. Yeah. So is there at the end of the episode we'll we'll talk about the bet we want to make on the outcome of that, but for now. Sure. So that was Boston. We can come back around to the other games finally now that the band-aid is off. Chicago Red Stars versus the Flash. 1-0 narrow win. What do you think? Um, I like that Chicago got a goal in the first half. Um, I thought that that's good for them. Again, you know, my big drivers this year are let's play pretty football, which I think all the teams really are. It's it's very attractive soccer to be watching, but I also think that it's important for home teams to really show well. And Chicago getting a win at home at Toyota Park at an MLS soccer specific stadium, um, to me is is a is a pretty big deal. Uh, I thought Western New York did did pretty well. Um, they had more shots and more corners, just couldn't couldn't put it away. So I think Western New York might be another one of those teams that's kind of a in the slow starter range, uh, a lot like a lot like Boston. Yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't wholly disappointed when I when I quickly watched that one. Yeah, I think once Jess McDonald dials in, that'll be good. Maybe Lynn Williams as well. I'm not counting so much on Adriana Leone, but who knows? Maybe this will be her season to kind of get back in the groove. Um, we'll see. What I really liked about that game was Alyssa Nair getting the shutout with six saves. Oof. Of course she did. She was the highest scoring player in Inabusil Fantasy League. She had the most of points. Of course she was. <laughs> I just love that you your flame for her still shines as bright as it ever has. I mean, you know, unless she does, like, she could probably murder someone in the streets, and I'd still be like, well, she must have had her reasons. Totally, totally. You have loyalty. So, yeah, I, I like that Chicago got the win. Um, I think that that, like, Chicago has been showing really well ever since, like, season two of NWSL. So um, that's that's a good storyline. Um, so the next NWSL match would be Orlando Pride versus the Houston Dash, where the Pride won three to one. Um, again, a home match. So a good showing in front of the home crowd. What was the what was the final attendance for Orlando? Final was twenty three thousand four hundred and three. Boom. That's awesome. Yeah. That's um, fantastic. And, and some people were like Portland fans, are you going to be mad that Orlando gets the gets the the title for having the most attendance? I'm like, no, not at all. Like, a their stadium's bigger. Let's let's hope they break that record every single home game this season. Um, I th- I think that's fantastic. They had great marketing leading up to that match. Oh, the Pride have done this so well. They've integrated everything. They haven't done this weird like you know, wedging separation between the Pride and Orlando City. They've done a great job integrating the whole club. And yeah, also I think it gives Portland something to aim for. Like, hey, instead of just automatically being the league leader in attendance because you're Portland, now you have someone to chase. Like, step up, prove it, show it. 
Right, like who can who can sustain the the highest average for the whole season? Or something I think like that. that's fantastic, and I think if Orlando and Portland actually emerged as rivals in a way, I think that would be great. You know, big clubs clashing. It's <laughs> it creates great stories for the league, and every league needs great stories and great rivals. So I would love it. Oh, totally. And if you look at the Orlando roster, I mean, just in this past weekend, two former Thorns scored goals for Orlando, Sanderson and Morgan, both got got their their first goals for Orlando Pride. So I, I could see Orlando and Portland becoming rivals. Uh, I, I think that takes a little bit more history and a little bit more than just attendance wars. Yeah. But, um, um, I thought I thought that game was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it was really unfortunate Carly Lloyd going out in the first half with the the MCL. Yeah, MCL. Injury. Yeah, yeah. So she's out three to six weeks. Um, won't be playing for Houston. Won't be playing for the national team. Uh, so really scary stuff. But um, yeah, I thought it was a it was a fun game to watch. And you know that's what, kind of what I'm all about this season are the the fun games to watch because. We need to make sure that the people are tuning in and and that they're they're seeing a good product when they when they do tune in. Yeah, the good product thing is important because Orlando Pride, I feel like, is going to become a flagship team of this league, kind of the way the Thorns were early on, and um, I think TV deals eventually are going to, you know, the ones where they're a partial season will focus on them part of the time. Because, you know, the whole MLS stadium thing and it looks good, which I'm fine with for now. But I and they're, they're an expansion team, so it was important for them to come out of the gate strong. And, you know, Tom Sermani's the coach, Alex Morgan's big name attached. It was important for this to go off well, and it did, not just with attendance, but with numbers. Did you see this article about how this game was the very first professional sports league game ever broadcast live on Facebook? Yeah, Alex Morgan's page had it. What surprised me about that article is I thought she had just like tweeted the link or like embedded it on her Facebook page, but it was way more calculated than that. Like they had to get agreements and and work with um, broadcasters or whatever to properly stream on her Facebook page, and it got huge, huge numbers. Yeah, like six digits. Yeah, like 1.3 million in the first half and 1.4 plus million in the second half, something like that. Whereas on YouTube, total views, I think, maxed out, I think they were saying 70,000. So this could be a very interesting way for the league to engage because the players like Alex Morgan and Hope Solo have huge platforms. And if they can grab eyeballs through this new platform on facebook why not if you can add more viewing numbers to show to advertisers i think that's great totally i i thought it was a shame that this match being as hyped as it was by orlando we knew that there were going to be good numbers like we knew going into the weekend that orlando was going to break the record um we just weren't sure by by how many and so it's a shame that that fox soccer or or 
NBC Sports or ESPN didn't didn't pick it up. And and that's and that's not to say that somebody could have made the call and been like, ooh, we should be broadcasting this game. Like it's all calculated. They would have had to have signed sign up and sign in three, four, six months ago to, to say that they want to do it. So now that we have these numbers, hopefully we can turn that around to just like you're saying, to um, investors, to other to companies, to um, by advertising, but also to networks and say, look, there is a demand. You know, the demand is not just the kids. Um, you know, the demand are people who uh, have, well, I guess kids have Facebook accounts, but, you know, who have purchasing power, um, which I think has been kind of the whole mantra of the NWSL for the last four years is saying, okay, how do we, how do we grow this thing? Um and really find our market. So I I see nothing but positives happening this year, especially after some of these numbers after two weeks. You know what's great about Facebook is I bet they get incredible demo data because if you're on Facebook, oh. you're logged in, right? And you're clicking on the stream. And so Facebook automatically has access to all the important demo data right away that you don't get on YouTube necessarily because you can watch without being signed in. But on Facebook, they automatically... Assuming that you've entered this info, they know, you know, gender, uh, race, age, maybe even income, profession, uh, sexual orientation, stuff like that. So I really want to see the breakdown of demo data for this game. Part, part of me is con- a little concerned as to how legitimate the Facebook data is, though, because so when I go on Facebook, videos just automatically start. Like if you wanted to post a BuzzFeed thing about how to make guacamole in 10 seconds or something, that thing is already starting. So I'm wondering, like, it does that count as a view? Yes. Or do you yes, like actively engage and click on something to be counted as a view? I believe that autoplay counts as a view. Yeah. So then I'm wondering how many of that 1 million plus is just scrolling and like, oh, I follow Alex Morgan because she posed in a painted on bikini once. Yeah, that is the thing I was going to say that those numbers are naturally skewed by who follows Alex Morgan. And someone did point this out, I believe it was Ben Crook on Twitter, who pointed out the differences in how YouTube and Facebook count views. And in YouTube, it's a little more comprehensive. Uh, I believe you, maybe not for streaming, but just for regular videos, now you get paid by how long someone watches your video, not just by the click. Mm -hmm. And I think with Facebook, they just count... Anybody who lands an eyeball on it is a view, no matter how long they watch. Right. So so while we are excited about one million people, like one million people tuning into any match is a pretty big number. If this game were on Fox, you know, one million people watching is huge. So I think we need to take that with a grain of salt and say, okay, but that still means that maybe Alex Morgan's entire, like let's say she has 1.5 million people following her on Facebook or friends with her on Facebook or whatever. Um, <clears throat> it means that her entire market is at least aware that there are games going on. Yeah, I, I really don't see a downside to it. It's it's a great way to grab more more share with another social platform. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it costs that much either to the league anyway. No, hopefully hopefully it just costs uh, resources and negotiating you know terms and making sure that copyrights are honored. Yeah. And honestly, if you can just take those numbers and they encourage more league sponsors, that would be great. We can get all the fruits, not just mango. 
Oh, man. Could you imagine if Dole joined in? <laughs> and you got bananas at a match? Is there like a, a national kiwi board? I don't know. I'm allergic. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I had it once. I had the fuzzy green fruit once. And my throat got all itchy, so I haven't had it since. Okay. Well, let's talk about the next game. FCKC versus Portland 1-1. I'm going to let you talk about this. I thought it was an extremely frustrating match as a Thorns uh, supporter. It seemed like the Thorns have pretty good buildup. They just they don't really know when to go into full attack mode. I know that every time we play Kansas City, it's always going to be like physical. It's always going to be... I consider Kansas City our rival. Um, we have a great history with them in terms of playoffs and championships and all that stuff. Um, I, I thought that Shea Groom was overly physical um, at times. Uh, her goal in the 30th minute uh, kind of changed the tides a little bit. Michelle Betos got a um, PK save. I believe she touched it or it hit the post by itself but um it, it was a it was an exciting match I just thought it was a little frustrating because it never seemed like Portland really turned on the attack um Horan's goal in 78th minute I mean she's a giant she's tall um so I was really excited to see that we used that height to our advantage on a corner kick and, and got the goal I love corner kick goals they're one of my favorite type of goals um, just because, you know, they're a set piece. You should have a play. You should have, you should know where everyone's going to be and, and, you know, just kind of put the plan in place. I love plans and when plans come, come to fruition. Um, and I feel like that's what goal kick or corner kick goals are. So it was an unfortunate red. Uh, I think it was less uh, a red card for groom because of the actual tackle and maybe the fact that it was so repetitive like she was just taking down players persistent um, infringement yeah you know and so i thought it was a little bit of a soft red but I, I don't fully disagree with it here's something i want to talk about which is it's only been two games but tobin heath now has all assists for the portland thorns on every goal and she's been playing like a maniac for two games in a row but is she really playing like a maniac or has her baseline for performance moved up from where it has been? I think her baseline has moved up, but also the noise surrounding Tobin has gone away. So she is on the squad now where she can kind of have the spotlight if she wants it. There's no more Alex Morgan. There's no, you know, Christine Sinclair isn't isn't um, dressing for the team right now. And so it's one of those things where Tobin <clears throat> hopefully has had, had a conversation with the coaching staff that's basically along the lines of, look, you can be a team leader, but you have to want to be a team leader. And I think Tobin the way she's responding now is saying, yes, I understand what this armband means and I can take on that responsibility. And she's really matured a lot. She's matured probably the most out of any, any, uh, uh, thorn that I've seen so far, you know, and, and I really enjoy watching her these days and I'm not super frustrated when she dribbles into the shins of a defender that still happens, but it's, it's not as frustrating because I know I can see what she's trying to do. I think it's not as frustrating either because her good work is outweighing her bad work, finally. 
Yeah, her work ethic is really showing. She'll hustle back on defense and then be right there on offense as needed. I just wish... So Tobin's 27 years old. She's not a kid. And I just wish it hadn't taken this long for this Tobin Heath to emerge. Although maybe it's not necessarily her fault in that this set of circumstances hasn't surrounded her before. Although the truly great players, they they like rise above their circumstances. They just... The circumstances don't matter. They create the game that they want to see played. But, you know, there's, there, I guess there's not necessarily room for everybody to be a truly great player like that. Tobin's a great player. And now maybe the stars have finally aligned and she can be, she can reach her true full potential. Yeah, you you know who I'm kind of seeing some shades of in, in Tobin's maturity and and ownership on on the pitch i'm I'm seeing a little bit of lauren holiday oh you know lauren holiday was really mature and she was physical and she was you know sassy from time to time but she was very well composed and would just kind of own the midfield and you know i part of me is wondering how much of this was just holiday rubbing off in a positive way on on tobin i'd say that's a plausible theory <clears throat> yeah, Tobin's surrounded by great leaders. Um, she has them on the women's national team. She's been, you know, studying, un- not necessarily under sync, but she's had Christine Sinclair on her squad for uh, quite a few years now. So it's it's definitely just one of those things. It's like she's had a lot of great examples, and now she just needs to apply it and find her own flavor. I really like this new Tobin, and I hope she can keep it up all the way through the Olympics. I think Tobin uh, hasn't really been um, injury-prone either. She stayed pretty healthy recently. And now you jinxed it. Sorry. But I just wonder if she has another four-year cycle in her to go to age 31, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. No, I think it just depends on what type of player she wants to mature into. Um, because when you're age 31 playing for the national team or playing for your club team, you can't be logging, um, nine, 10 miles per game. And not that I know that that's how much she's logging now, but it just seems and feels like she's all over the pitch. It, it, she needs to figure out, okay, what type of player do I want to be? What position do I want to own? What position do I want to put my teammates in? And yeah, some of that will also depend on who's around her. So mm-hmm. it'll influence how, you know, what options she has in terms of what kind of player she wants to be. You were telling me earlier, this is interesting, you were contrasting Allie Long to Tobin in terms of sports psychology in that with Tobin, she's just kind of stepped up. Th- this this void came about through no fault of her own. You know, it's just the way that personnel changes happened in the off season. This void was created and she stepped up into it. But at the same time, Allie Long, like is also enjoying the vo- the void, but in different ways from Tobin. Yeah, so Tobin, you know, to, to bring Nike back into it, I feel like pressure makes Tobin a little bit, you know, it it's gradual pressure. She's kind of been set up to be this this leader. And with Ali Long, <clears throat> this is a this is a theory that if you're anywhere near me on Thorne's match days, you know, I've I've talked your ear off about this, but 
with Ali, I just I don't think pressure makes her. I think she's a much better player and she makes much better decisions when she's not under pressure from the coaching staff, from her teammates to score goals, to be the playmaker. I think that when you position her maybe as the DM or or interchange her with with Haran or or um, other players in the in the midfield and you allow Ali to take chances and not feel like the pressure is on her to be the performer, to be the goal, you know, the, the winner or the champion of the match. <clears throat> she excels. And I, I would be really intrigued if, if the Thorns or if the U.S. national team have a sports psychologist that are kind of helping coach these players because Tobin is, it, you know, she kind of was a little bit of a wallflower when she didn't have pressure. I mean, she always has pressure. Like, there's a lot of pressure to be on the women's national team. Um, but everybody just kind of thought of her as, oh, fun, creative Tobin. You know, I, I don't know how much leadership she was actually asked to take. But then under Paul Riley, Ali Long was basically given the burden and kind of became this frustrating monster, not monster, but this frustrating player who was just continually making poor decisions on the pitch. Um, and, and so, yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like Allie Long does better when she's given her freedom and Tobin is actually doing really well with responsibility. And it's, it's this interesting juxtaposition that had you asked me in 2013 or 14, like, what would they look like? I would have said Ali Long probably needs pressure because right now she's playing really loosey-goosey. And Tobin, you can nev- Tobin never wants responsibility. That is interesting. Ugh, they're, they both had to grow up in different ways and become different people to maximize their performances. It's just, it's just interesting to me, like, on a human level. Yeah, because neither one of those changes seem natural. It's very, fa- like, those two players are, are very fascinating for me to to just shoot the shit about. And it's not like I know them, you know, obviously we don't know them personally, so we don't know maybe, you know, who's who's a type A and, and all that stuff. But just thinking about the interviews they give and the comments and the personality they've shown on the pitch, um, the, the slight changes that we're seeing are, are really impressive to me. I don't know if this means Allie Long has a real shot at the Rio roster. I think we'll see more of Jill Ellis's intentions as these friendlies drag on. But the way things are going, they're pointing at the doors at least open for her. It's not just Jill going, I just want to evaluate you for a little bit. Don't get, Don't get your hopes up. And, you know, hopefully as long as Allie doesn't put the pressure on herself, she can she can continue to to shine both for club and, and for country. So last game of the weekend was Sky Blue versus Washington Spirit. <laughs> Spirit won 2-1. But I don't think that Sky Blue is showing that much of a drop off from last weekend when they surprised the rain. No, I, I thought it was a very entertaining game. I mean, not least of all, Allie Krieger's shot cross. <laughs> right. <laughs> right right before the half and you're like, "Wait, is it windy? What was what was that?" Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was an entertaining entertaining match. Um, Sky Blue gets gets the third goal and you're just like, "Oh crap, are they going to be able to really come back?" Cuz you know, 2 to nothing is the most dangerous lead. Huh. 
That second goal I really liked, though. I might have liked it more than Allie Krieger's shot cross because Diana Matheson, I like the build-up to it, first of all, around the box. And I love that Diana Matheson nutmeg the keeper. Yeah, we know that you like build-up around the box. I thought we were going to discuss the sex podcast later. Like, why do you have to... We're, I'm talking we're trying to keep this foot- short. You like it when they build up outside the box. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know why you're crossing the streams like that. Across your streams. So it seemed like Sky Blue could push for at least a point to get a result out of that, but I don't know. But yeah, they're not. I admit I'm one of those people who was like, you know, we'll see if Sky Blue can keep this up. That, that was a weird fluke, but they could be a surprise team this season where they're not necessarily playoff material, but they could spoil anybody else's season. Oh, totally. Totally. And, you know, they're going to be right on the bubble. I, I have a feeling that this can be one of those seasons where we have those two two teams that kind of cut ahead and, and maintain, you know, a, a fair amount of distance uh, just because, you know, history history has to teach us something. But I have a feeling that Sky Blue is going to be right in the mix. And who would have thought Tasha, Tasha Kai is a 90-minute player? She looked fine all 90 minutes. Yeah. I think she's been really working her ass off making this comeback happen, which is really cool that she's, you know, that devoted to the club and being serious about this and coming back and making a real a real go of it, which I didn't think she wouldn't. But, you know, it's always nice to see a player seriously devote herself to her club, you know, totally. And there's some history there. And it's it's just nice to it's nice. It makes me feel happy. I like happy stories. It's it's a heartwarming thing. It's a heartwarming thing to see Kai back, gelling well with teammates, tweeting ridiculous shit. Just love it. Boom bam, boom bam, motherfucker! All the gay pride stuff with the <laughs> with Sky Blue. Sky Blue is like, and they're gonna have I think a Pride Night, and and they're allying with uh, I think an LGBT resource center or something in New Jersey. There, I really appreciate how upfront and open and and forward moving sky blue has been on that stuff they even have a rainbow scarf i got one at the beginning uh before the season started well good stuff it was a, it was a good week too i i enjoyed all those all those matches and week three starts tomorrow or today depending on when this comes out friday which could be today <laughs> or tomorrow <laughs> depends on how busy i get today we've got <laughs> western new york flash versus washington spirit uh, at Salins, and then Dash versus Sky Blue in Houston. I'm going to say that the Spirit beat the Flash 2-0. I am going to say the Flash actually come out with the win at home. Oh. Um, right now, the Spirit are undefeated, and I think that bubble's got to burst, so I'm going to say the Flash win one to nothing. Okay. That's interesting. And then for Dash Sky Blue, I'm going to call this... They're going to be without Carly Lloyd, but they will be yeah, at home. That's the hard part. If Sky Blue still comes out, it's either going to be a really close one-goal game or it could even be a tie. You got to decide right now. Right now? Should it get off the pot? Yeah, you got to decide. You can't waver. 2-1 to Houston. I'm going to go with 2-1 to Sky Blue. Ooh, is Tasha Kai going to score one of those? Tashikai might get an assist. I don't know if she's going to score one. Okay, okay. Be a little conservative. Kelly O'Hara is going to get one, though. I would love that, honestly. I think we're going to see a defender goal. Okay. And then Chicago Red Stars versus Orlando on Sunday. 
at Toyota That's Park. A tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. I could see Chicago at home and then Alyssa Nair getting into her groove. And but with the Pride and Ashlyn getting into her groove, I could see this as being a really tough zero zero. I'm gonna go one one. Yeah. Yeah, or a one one. Unless Alex Morgan loses her mind and is like, you know what? And, you know, it ends up being a 3-1 game. Then Seattle Rain versus FC Casey at Memorial. Dude. FC Casey won't have Shea Groom. She's out. So they're going to have to adjust around that. Seattle Rain has kind of gotten over the home opener. They're just like, yeah, that's in the past. And we'll see. But we have to see about Fishlock. We will have to see about Fishlock. That's true. So, so much is in the air. I could also see this one being like 2-1 to Seattle or like a 2-2 tie. I'm going to go 3-2 Seattle. I'll go 3-2 Seattle. I'll agree with you on that. Okay. All right. And then last but not least, Boston Breakers versus Portland Thorns. Do you want to make a bet on this? We're going to make a bet on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to make a bet on this. <laughs> what do you want to do? Um, I'm thinking let's go back to the complimentary tweet bet. Okay. To three players on the winning team by the losing podcaster. Right. Whoever wins, you get to pick out three players from your team that you want the other person to compliment on Twitter. Sounds good to me. Okay. Sounds good to me. So this is Breakers versus Thorns at home in Boston. Whew. If the Breakers can pull their shit together, I'll call this a 2-2 tie, but I don't think they will, so I'm going <laughs> to say 2-0 to Portland. <laughs> wow, you make this bet with me, and then you say that Portland's going to win. Um, I am I am going to say one to nothing, Portland. Okay, thanks. You have more faith in Boston than I do. I just, I'm frustrated by Portland's lack of, like, attacking. Well, we have that in common, so maybe it'll end up being 0-0. And then we don't have to write any complimentary tweets. Yeah, we can preserve our friendship. And then we can pres- Well, like, our pr- friendship is at question. <laughs> it's fragile, this man. As, this fragile. isn't as bad as that time I made you change your Abby to Ali Long for two weeks or something like that. Oh, I survived. I survived. You did. You did survive. You were a good sport about it. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. Well, that's our NWSL short podcast, even though we've been recording for 45 minutes. Uh, We'll talk about the women's national team on a later show, just because I'll be closer to that match. Um, Anything else you want to chat about? No, I think NWSL is on track. I'm really liking season four so far. There's been some surprise twists. Uh, People are settling in. I can't wait to see what the rest of the season brings. It's going to be a good one. Name your sex tape. (laughs) 